Our last two Shabbat sermons have been powerful reflections by Rabbi Jonathan and Rabbi Bauer about the tenuous status quo for American Jews and how we can learn from the message of Hanukkah. If you miss them, you should listen to them on our website through SoundCloud. It's really worth it. But tonight, I was in the mood to engage in a more textual conversation with our Parsha, with our Torah portion. Whenever I have a bar mitzvah student with Vayeshev, with this week's Parsha, about the beginning of Joseph's life, I tell them to listen to the soundtrack, or even better, watch a production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. While not religious, Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber are careful readers of the Genesis texts and produced a very accessible telling of the Joseph story. Oh, now, brothers, how low can you stoop? You make a sordid group, hey, how low can you stoop? I should have had Cantor Barrick do this. I'm seeing her in the back row. Poor, poor Joseph, sold to be a slave. Your situation's grave, hey, sold to be a slave. The one moment in the entire musical that I think they get wrong is that section when the brothers sell Joseph to the Ishmaelites as a slave. If you actually look at Genesis 37:21, something we too often forget about the text is that it says when Reuben heard the brothers' plan to kill Joseph, he tried to save him from them. He said, let us not take his life, shed no blood, cast him into the pit out in the wilderness instead, but do not touch him yourselves. Medieval commentators from Sforno to Radak all agree that Reuben told the other brothers to put Joseph in a pit in order to trick them and save his little brother. His plan was to secretly come back in a few hours, lift him up, and bring him back home. So you would think that the rabbis view Reuben as the good guy. Even though his plan failed, how could he have known that the Ishmaelites would have come by right at that moment to buy Joseph as a slave? At least he kept the brothers from actually killing Joseph as they had originally planned. But our tradition is very frustrated with Reuben. In the Midrash, Rabbi Isaac teaches, when a person does a mitzvah, he should do it with his whole heart. For had Reuben known that the Blessed Holy One would record of him, when Reuben heard it, he came to his rescue, he would have carried Joseph on his shoulders and brought him to his father at once. Rabbi Isaac seems to be saying that Reuben did not do enough. He meant well, but he was not decisive enough to keep his brother from harm. Rather than engaging in deception, trying to outsmart his brothers, he should have cast his fears aside and just picked Joseph up and run home. He wanted to fulfill the mitzvah of pikuach nefesh, of saving a life, but he didn't do it with a whole heart. And as a result, Joseph disappeared from their lives for years. Rashi then adds still another layer. Reuben only said this for the purpose of saving his brother, that he could come afterwards and draw him up there. 
he thought to himself, I am the firstborn and the chief among them, and blame will attach itself to no one but myself. So Reuben was not the selfless hero who wanted to save his innocent brother. Rather, he was only focused on his own reputation. He was worried about getting blamed if something happened, and he didn't want to be responsible for Joseph's death. I would argue that the Torah itself supports this reading. After the brothers sell Joseph to the Ishmaelites, Genesis 29 reports, when Reuben saw and returned to the pit, that Joseph was not in it. He rent his clothes and he returned to his brother, saying, the boy is gone, now what am I to do? When Reuben saw that his little brother was gone, he didn't think, oh my God, I pray for his safety, I hope we can find him one day. Instead, his first thought was only of himself. Now what am I to do? In other words, he was more worried about being in trouble about how he was going to explain, explain Joseph's disappearance than how Joseph himself was going to fare. Ultimately, the rabbis use Reuben as a case study in half-heartedness. They appreciate the sentiment. It's better than if Reuben had remained silent completely, or even worse, actively participated in the crime. But it was not enough. They wanted him to give it his everything to pull out all the stops to save his brother, to fight for Joseph with his whole heart. This past Wednesday night, I attended an interfaith memorial for the homeless in front of City Hall at Civic Center Plaza. Participants took turns reading aloud the names of more than 100 homeless men and women of every age, race, and religion who died on the streets of San Francisco in 2016, our city's own cottage list. Then I made my way to Union Square and watched members of our congregation, fourth grader Ruth Keith and seventh grader Skylar Goldberg, perform in ACT's A Christmas Carol, where Scrooge realizes the error of his ways and does tshuva giving tzedakah to Tiny Tim and the many other poor and vulnerable of 19th century London. And all of it made me think of Torah. Reading Vayeshev in the context of our lives today, I wonder how do we rationalize our efforts to save people as all that we can do, when in reality it is not enough? When do we pay lip service to saving people with half-hearted attempts at tikkun olam? How are we sometimes like Reuben, speaking up but not really taking the next steps to save our brother in need? I come back to the musical of the night. I closed my eyes, drew back the curtain to see for certain what I thought I knew. Far, far away, someone was weeping, but the world was sleeping. Any dream will do. On this Shabbat, during the darkest week of the year, as we near the end of 2016 and get ready to light the candles of the Hanukkah menorah, as we put our Hanukkah in our windows and we think about our dreams and we think of our brothers and sisters, in San Francisco and the world that are in need. Let us give our whole heart, 
our whole selves to the things that matter. Shabbat Shalom.